Hello, this is Michael Zuber, and I wanted to thank you for choosing to spend a little time with One Rental at a Time. My life's mission is to help investors close 1 million rental properties. In order to tackle this crazy goal, I will need your help. If you like this episode or any of the content we produce, please share it on social media. If you get one of my books or perhaps one of our 500 cards, please take a selfie and tag One Rental at a Time. Now on with the show. We need to talk about what Janet Yellen is saying about the commercial real estate market. We should talk about the absolutely absurd housing market. We're actually going to give you some numbers. Shout out Brian Lebo, a great Vegas real estate agent, agent that I use to purchase our property. He puts out monthly data that if you are not following, you must. We can talk about some earnings like Ralph Lauren, PayPal. We should also talk about shrinkflation. A lot of stuff going on today. Let's get into it. Today's daily financial news. You know what, folks? Let's start with Janet Yellen. Uh, we have been talking about potentially banking crisis 2.0. Uh, obviously, New York, New York Bank Corp, something like that, really hitting the news. And of course, Yellen is being asked about this. Uh, some of her most recent comments are as follows. It is obvious that we are going to have some commercial real estate pain. Thanks, Janet. It is looking like 80% of the commercial loans are held by smaller institutions. This is not the big boys. Her indication with that is it's not systemic. Not sure if you guys can hear the little guy here, but there you go. Here is, oh, they're a little low, buddy. Here's Sonny, he wants to say hi. So again, Janet Yellen saying it is concentrated in smaller commercial banks. And then finally, just like last time, these people that are smarter than all of us are saying this will not be systemic. To which I say, <laughs> here are some numbers about U.S. banks and commercial real estate. Did you know that we U.S. banks hold 2.7, wait for it, trillion, that's with a T, trillion dollars in commercial real estate loans. And as you've heard me helpfully educate you and share with you over the last years, commercial loans are very different than the 30-year fixed loans that you and I get on residential. 80% of these loans are held by smaller, re, smaller and regional banks. Lastly, and this is not to be taken lightly, 2.2 trillion is due between now and 2027. Now remember, why is this a problem? Well, folks, unfortunately, a lot of commercial real estate today, if marked to market, i.e. valued correctly, is worth less than the debt. Now, what does that mean? Well, that means all the equity is gone. It also means that banks will be forced to deal with this. If your loan, if your property is worth less than the loan, extend and pretend doesn't really work except in the edge cases. Maybe you have a, you know, eight or nine figure principal owner and you want to do them a solid, something like that. This is, this is going to be a problem. And of course, if you remember how banks 
use their balance sheet. This is why I think we're gonna have another bank term funding program. It will undoubtedly be called something else. And to be clear, it will be a bailout. It will be a bailout and I won't be a fan, but that doesn't matter. I think something is coming. Because again, just like treasuries, right? Treasuries went, you know, interest rates went up, values went down. That impaired balance sheets, that restricted lending, and so on and so forth, and there we go. If we truly have 2.7 trillion, of which 2.2 trillion, what is that like? 2754, that's roughly 80% of the debt is to be refined by 2027. That is a problem. I don't care what Janet Yellen says, that's a problem. And I would argue that's a big problem. So again, more pain to come, more stress. I don't know how they get through this without some kind of bailout that of course they won't call a bailout, but yeah, it is going to get very, very interesting. How about let's talk about the housing market. You know, over the last couple of days, you have heard us have conversations with Beth, Adrian, Omar, and the great Brian Lebo. <coughs> well. I just watched Brian Lebo's video about January numbers and February actuals. It's an eight minute video. If you haven't watched it, here are some of the highlights, but I recommend going back and watching it yourself. Because again, these are Vegas numbers. This is my buy box. I want you to understand your buy box, your market. Just because this is where I am shopping and the market is stupid, doesn't mean your market is, but it might mean it's just as stupid. Here we go. So if you look at January sales, AKA transactions, transactions in Vegas were up 11%. Now again, you could celebrate, you could high five transactions up 11%, but without context, that should mean nothing to you. 11% on last January is nothing to be happy about. Last January was the worst month of sales in over a decade. So if you can't get over the worst month for sales in a decade, I don't know what you're doing. Next, one might think if sales are up 11%, price is up, right? Haven't we been told prices follow volume? Of which I've always told you that's not how it works, but hey, that doesn't stop the pretenders from trying. Well. Transactions up 11%, price down 2% month on month, about seven grand. So from December to January, prices in Las Vegas fell, even though transactions went up 11%. Go figure. How about year on year? Well, again, remember last year was horrible, December, January, and February. Prices are up 5% year on year. Okay, 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 okay. How about inventory? Inventory. Well, now we start having a problem. Inventory, oh, I got a warning on my phone, there we go. Inventory is down 10%. So those are all January numbers. Those are the ones that Realtor.com and Redfin and Zillow are gonna tell you about. What Brian Lebo tells you is even better. And again, remember, I'm asking you to look at your numbers as well. He's telling you about what's happening right now, like right now. He has this thing called housing absorption. 
It basically takes the active inventory, the pendings, and gives you a rate. For example, last year, so just, uh, February of last year, for the lowest price point in Vegas, 250 grand to 500, the absorption rate was 24%. What does that mean? That means one in every four listings between 250 and 500 was pending, 24%. That is remarkably low. Okay, so that's where we're coming from. 250 to 500 grand in January was 37% absorption. So in context, it was up 50%. So it went from 24 to 37 last month. What is it doing today? This is where the problems go bananas. Today, the absorption rate is 46%. Again, remember my greatest fear, my greatest fear, my greatest fear, demand is unlocked, supply is not. Again, remember supply is down. And the, only, the way you get absorption rate to jump 9% in a month is you get demand going crazy. So demand again in the 250 to 500 range went from 37 to 46. All right, Michael, that's the low end. Tell us about the other stuff. The median price in Vegas is about 440. So that's essentially below the median. So again, one in every two homes below the median is pending. How about 500 to 750? It went from 29 to 38%, another 9% jump. How about 750 to a million? It went from 24 to 33. Again, another 9% jump. And finally, this happened to be the market that Olivia and I were playing in from a million to one five. The market went from 20% absorption in January to 32%, a 12% jump. Now, what does this mean? It means that median home price that fell 7% last month was a inventory mix problem. You sold more low-end homes than high-end homes. When you have inventory above the median going up 9, 9, 12%, you are going to see inventory rise. In fact, I told Brian Lebo off air on our video that it wouldn't shock me if February's numbers were up 12, 13, possibly even 15 grand on January's artificially low number. This is how the median home price works. And then just lastly, uh, the, the ultra luxury 1.5 and above went from 18 to 20%. So a small jump of only 2%. In total, the market went from 32%, one in three, to 40% in only a month. Folks, rates matter. It has been my greatest fear that six to six and a half percent interest rates would unlock the marginal buyer and it would not touch marginal supply. This is my greatest fear. This, this does not end well but it is where we are. Now again, thanks to Anna Kelly, this may be very focused on big markets, so I would love to hear from you. What is going on in your markets today? Below the median, above the median, all of that.
Shout out Resi Club again. They were, um, Lance Lambert did a very nice education on something called shrinkflation. All right, what is that and what is the context for this channel? One of the things that you have undoubtedly heard the doomers and crash bros talk about is new home prices. New home prices are crashing! Which again, if you look at the numbers, they're down like, I don't know, 10%. But unless you're paying attention, you wouldn't know why. Home builders have had the largest drop in average square footage. I don't know if you know this, but when you build a smaller home, it's cheaper. Shh, don't tell the crash bros. So the largest, again, across, across all the builders, the footprint is down 3% just in 2023. And again, what you are seeing builders like DR Horton and others do is they are taking their product lines and skewing to smaller and more affordable homes. That's why the price is down. So again, great idea. Uh, shrinkflation is something that's happening. Again, if you can't afford it, you, you make it smaller and you keep the price point the same. Again, it's things of that nature. Uh, let's talk about some earnings announcements. We got PayPal, again, beat, beat top line, beat bottom line, but gave very weak guidance. So expect their stock to be down. And then Ralph Lauren. Again, I'm trying to watch some of the retailers to see if you and I are still spending money. Uh, Ralph Lauren beat top line and beat bottom line and had same store sales or volume up. Uh, Under Armour, uh, sales slowed. So they missed on revenue, but they beat on earnings. Get this, get this with Under Armour. See if you can twist this. They sold less stuff, but their margins went up. How do you do that? How do you do that? Well, there's only a one of a couple of ways at that level that you could do it. One, you can raise prices. Keep costs the same, raise prices, gross margin goes up. The other one that I can think of is you discount less. I don't know which one it is for Under Armour. I haven't bothered to look through the details. My gut, my guess is it's probably a little bit of both. And there is a third one, your suppliers. Remember folks, we have CPI, which is what Under Armour charges you and me, but we also have PPI, producer price index, maybe, maybe, Oh, this actually might be it now that I think about it. Maybe where Under Armour is buying their stuff, AKA China. Now in fairness, I have no idea of Under Armour buys from China. It's just a guess. For all I know, they buy from Europe, no idea. But let's say Under Armour buys from China. And as we're gonna talk in a minute, China's PPI is in deflation. It is negative. So maybe, maybe, under Armour is holding the price the same, but their costs are lower. That would also increase margin. I don't know, I thought it was an interesting idea. So let's talk about China. Just like the US, they have a reporting on inflation. They have consumer inflation and producer inflation. And hopefully you've heard me by now warning you that Chinese economy is in real trouble. Real, like real, real trouble. PPI. Producer price index, this is where it came from for Under Armour, is down, net, like not 
Not this whole disinflation, like, hey, we went from nine to three, congrats, we've had 6% of disinflation. They're in deflation. Their cost of goods fell 2.5%. Okay, great. Maybe they're more efficient or maybe they have inventory. Well, who knows? What about consumers? Tell me about consumers. The Chinese consumer has once again had true deflation. Deflation last month was down or a negative 0.8%. That is the fourth month in a row that consumer prices in China are negative. Now again, as I've tried to help you educate and understand, deflation in the short term is great. Deflation over a mid or long term is horribly destructive to an economy. Now, I don't know, and I don't know that it's been proven where the line of demarcation is between very good and, oh my God, we're in trouble, but it's not very long. It's less than a year. It might be less than six months. My gut tells me somewhere between six and 12 months. If you condition consumers to expect sales and lower prices, they will stop shopping, period. It's how it works. So lots and lots of stuff going on. All right, folks, a couple of remind. Oh, one more piece of advice, credit cards. Credit cards, the average credit card balance today is $6,360. Let's call it six grand for easy math. Today's average interest rate, if you're carrying a balance of six grand, is almost 21%. 21%. So a couple of things, if your balance is, if you're paying 21% on credit card debt, get that paid off. Second, did you know, did you know you can call your credit card company and ask for a reduction in interest rate? In 2023, according to Bankrate, 76% of folks who asked for a lower rate got one. So might be worth a phone call if you are carrying a balance. And then lastly, folks, two more things. One, yesterday I announced an event with Ryan Pineda from 4 to 6 p.m. It is free. It is at Ryan Pineda's office. Uh, I think there's only a couple of seats left. Yes, he has limited space. We are, um, he is, he does have an Eventbrite. Uh, I put it in a pinned comment yesterday. I will do it for this video as well. If you have any intention of going, Click the link immediately, register, because once it is sold out, that's all the space he has. Uh, so I hope to see you there. And then second, I still think we have one or two seats left for general admission. We opened up a couple of spots yesterday, I think. Uh, honestly, I didn't check, but gut tells me we have one or two seats left. So if you wanna to come to this great event, <coughs> these are all the speakers. I had them create this sign, so uh, I'll remember everybody that was part of the first session. <coughs> excuse me, um, book your tickets, come out. I look forward to seeing you. Remember Brian Pineda, Ryan Pineda, four to six on Friday. It is free. Click the link below, get registered and folks have an amazing day. Bye.